You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as Dr. David Klingler walks us through God's Word and teaches the Bible. Each episode has a study guide available in the show notes. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hello, everyone. My name's Tim Webb, and I'm here with Dr. David Klingler for our Teach Me the Bible podcast and our desire, helping the people of God understand the Word of God, David, and just want to encourage them to, if they're watching through a website or uh, if they haven't downloaded our app, uh, they're welcome to download our Teach Me the Bible app, but as well, you can download it through uh, Apple TV or Roku app, but with each episode, you've developed a study guide, and there's blog posts and articles and other information for them to gain a deeper understanding along the way. And just want to encourage everyone uh, just to, if they have questions, to email you those questions, and you'll get back to them as soon as, as, soon as you can. And I've had uh, just in this, even with this last week, I've had people, mm-hmm. what do we do if we have questions? Just just <laughs> email just right. ask away so you can go yeah. go deeper uh, in your understanding or just clarification you've always said that it's it's a story mm-hmm. and you can understand this story and there are certain things that you've emphasized along the way to keep that understanding growing and so we want to remove yeah. the barriers Absolutely. to that understanding so today though we're continuing our discussion in Colossians uh, with Paul and so we're in chapter 2 and again we'll remind people just read the whole whole letter as right. much as you can, so you can keep the flow. Uh, we're the ones that, that broke it up into chapters and verses, but we're now in chapter two. So you want to remind us what's going on here yeah, and Paul, we'll just continue? Paul has written apparently two letters. Well, uh, th- there's certainly he wrote two letters, <laughs> more than two letters, but he wrote yeah. uh, this letter to the Colossians, and then he wants them to read also the letter that he wrote to the Laodiceans. And if that doesn't sound familiar to you, Probably because it shouldn't. I'm not aware of a letter that Paul wrote to the Laodiceans. We don't have that letter. Many uh, speculate that 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 could be possibly the uh, the letter that he wrote to the Ephesians. And mm-hmm. and when we went through the book of Ephesians, we talked about that. But uh, but actually, in the oldest manuscripts, it, it doesn't say in Ephesus. It's to the saints who are. And you know, it seems like there should something should go there. And so. So um, many have concluded that this was a letter. Ephesians was a letter that was to be carried from mm-hmm. city to city. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's no, uh, you know, nothing in Ephesians that attaches it to a specific people. No greetings, greet this person, mm-hmm. that person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and certainly Ephesians and Colossians read almost the same. I mean, mm-hmm. Colossians is a little shorter. Ephesians goes into more detail. Uh, Colossians has more of a warning against the Judaizers, and we're going to get into that here in chapter two, okay. uh, where the, the well, the letter we know is to the Ephesians is more general, but they cover the same material. I mean, they're almost uh, identical, and so, so Paul is writing to these different groups for different purposes, um, and and I think that we we err when we read the letters for theology first rather than trying to figure out what's he saying to those people and why is he saying it. And and I think in the, the Paul's letter to the Colossians, he's writing to warn them not to listen to the Judaizers. Mm-hmm. Um, we know a little bit of uh, the folks that are um, in the Colossian church that we, we've gone through 
Philemon, and uh, and Philemon is uh, is someone who's there at the the the, the church at Colossae. Uh, Onesimus is another character mm-hmm. that we'd know from this church, and uh, and so. So we're familiar with some of the names, and, and some of those names will show up again here in this letter as, uh, as well. But, uh, but in chapter 1, Paul has introduced his letter, uh, and in chapter 2, he's going to turn to, uh, to a warning, uh, a warning to not listen to the Jewish unbelievers who will try to get you circumcised, and they'll try to get you to listen to the law. Uh, and so we want to pay uh, attention to uh, to the pronouns as we go through here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty straightforward uh, what he's doing. When we get down to verse 13, there's a textual problem there, and we'll talk about what that even means uh, and and how it might relate to the discussion. But uh, but anyway, so in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I want you to know how great a struggle I have on your behalf uh, and for those uh, who are at Laodicea. For all those who have not personally seen my face uh, and their hearts may be encouraged, having been knit together in love, um, into all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding in the true knowledge of God's mystery in Christ. This is all language that he's used mm-hmm. in, uh, in Ephesians. The, his desire for, for them is that they would <clears throat> come to a true knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. That's back in one nine. Mm-hmm. And so Paul's ministry is making the gospel known to the Gentiles that, that, that they would come to understand the true knowledge of God's will uh, and uh, have all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And it's going to come through his explanation and through the ministry of the Spirit that's playing out in the body. Uh, and so he has been entrusted with the uh, with God's mystery. Uh, actually, in, uh, in back in Ephesians, uh, he um, he explains in chapter three of Ephesians um, uh, a couple things. He says, "For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for the sake of you Gentiles, if indeed you've heard of the stewardship of God's grace, which was given to me for you, that by revelation there was made known to be the mystery, as I wrote in brief." Still talking about this same mystery. And by referring to this, you can understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which in other generations was not made known to the sons of men, as it has now been revealed uh, to his holy apostles and prophets in the Spirit, to be specific that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, fellow members of the body, fellow partakers of the promise of Christ through the gospel, of which I was made a minister according to God's grace. Uh, and then he continues uh, in uh, in verse eight, to me, the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unfathomable riches of Christ and bring into lo- to a light the administration of the mystery, which in ages uh, past has been hidden. Uh, and so, uh, so he's still talking about uh, about this mystery. He's been entrusted with the mystery to explain mm-hmm. the gospel, uh, the mystery of Christ, to the Gentiles, uh, in whom are hidden all the treasures. Of wisdom and knowledge. Um, if you have read Ephesians, that statement makes a lot of sense. If you haven't read Ephesians, it, uh, it that's, uh, that's tough to decode, mm-hmm. right? right. Uh, that the true knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. You know, he says that is Christ Himself. It's all in, in italics. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. um, that because it's not in the text. It says uh, the the true knowledge of of God's mystery, 
Christ, in whom, in other words, it's in Christ, are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. How do, um, how is the body of Christ, the people of Christ, to get out of Christ all of the wisdom and knowledge that is in Christ? Well, it's in his body. And in, in, in Ephesians, uh, it's revealed through the apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists, of which mm-hmm. Paul is one. And, and so it makes a whole lot more sense once we, once you know kind of what Paul's is saying and kind of what he's thinking when he uses this language. I say this in order that no one may delude you with persuasive argument. So it's, it's the reason why I'm saying this is because heads up, there are folks who are going to try to lead you astray. Mm-hmm. For even, even though I'm absent in body, nevertheless, I'm uh, with you in spirit. In other words, I'm not present with you. Uh, we think in body, but uh, in, in in spirit, I'm I'm not with you in the body, but I am with the body in spirit, rejoicing to see your good discipline and stability of your faith in Christ. Uh, um, as you, therefore, having received Christ, walk in him, having been firmly rooted uh, and uh, being built up in him, establishing your faith, just as you are, are in, were instructed, uh, overflowing with gratitude. So so Paul has got them firmly grounded, planted, in uh, in their faith, built, being built up, being built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets. Again, all of this language is mm-hmm. very Ephesian language, uh, and uh, and so he wants them to be reminded of this, so that no one takes you captive through philosophy, empty deception, according to the tradition of men. Here he's talking about um, about to Judaism, mm-hmm. the elementary principles of Christ. Uh, that same language is used in uh, in Hebrews. Um, uh, I'm sorry, the elementary I mean, principles yeah, of the, the world, world, rather than according to mm-hmm. Christ. Um, for in him, all the fullness of, dwell, uh, of, of deity dwells in bodily form, and in him, y'all have been made complete. Um, you have been filled, that complete, um, uh, it's, it's, it's from this word plerao, it's you, you have been made full. So this is like a measure. Yeah, yeah, you you've been you've been filled up. Uh, and this goes back to uh in him uh, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge reside and and you have access to these. In him you have been made full. He's going to explain uh, how it is it's through the through the words of the apostles and prophets through the scriptures. Um uh and in him y'all also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. This is this goes back to the Old Testament. This goes back to Israel's history, that they were to be circumcised in the flesh, but they were looking forward to a time when they were to be circumcised uh, in uh, in the in, in, the heart. in heart. Yeah, and so uh, and so, it's really a, a very fascinating um, um, language. Is Deuteronomy chapter thirty? It's it's the mm-hmm. circumcision of the of the heart. Paul's going to use this same argumentation in Romans. If you, being a Jew, um, are circumcised in the flesh, but you don't do the things of the law, does not your uncircumcision or your circumcision become uncircumcision? And if the Gentiles who do not have the law do instinctively the things Mm -hmm. of the law, does that not mean that their uncircumcision of the flesh becomes is circumcision, circumcision of the heart? Uh, And so if you know the Old Testament story, if you know the the discussion of circumcision, this makes perfect sense. Uh, he's saying to them, y'all were circumcised with the circumcision 
without hands. Your heart was circumcised. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the removal of the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, uh, and you were raised with him uh, through faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. And y'all were dead in y'all's transgressions in the uncircumcision of your flesh, or or they, they translate it win here, but actually it's not uh, it's not win. Uh, and you, uh, literally, and you uh, being dead uh, in the uh, you know in the uh, in the in, the in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, and then here's the textual problem, textual variant. Uh, he made. Y'all alive together with him, or is it he made us alive together with him, having forgiven us, that so that that us there and the the last us in verse thirteen is, is that, that there's no textual problem there. Um, some texts, old texts, read made y'all alive together with Christ. Others, older uh, texts, or I think probably it, it's pretty evenly split. Say made us alive. Together with Christ. So when uh, y'all being dead in y'all's transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh made y'all or us alive together with him. I think it's us. And the reason mm-hmm. why is because he's making the point. Y'all were dead. Uh, the, the Jews were uncircumcised. Uh, y'all were dead in your, in your transgressions. The uh, Gentiles. But, yeah, the yeah, Gentiles, Gentiles. But made us alive together with him, having forgiven us all mm-hmm. our transgressions, having canceled out the certificate of debt con- con- consisting in decrees against us. Now, that decrees uh, is the same language that he uses back in Ephesians chapter 2, uh, talking about the law mm-hmm. in decrees, the law of commands in decrees. And mm-hmm. and so he's talking about the, the Mosaic law here. Um and the Jews uh, were under the law, but the Gentiles were not. Uh, why would he be switching in the middle of verse 13? I think he's switching because he's making the point, y'all were dead, y'all were made alive, um, you know, y- you are now in Christ. Uh, and he made us alive first, the Jew first, and then the mm-hmm. Gentile. We came to you, so don't listen to them, right? Right. And um, there's your pronouns. Yeah, there, there's your, yeah, there, there's the pronouns in action. So it's very don't listen to them. Yeah. So having canceled out the certificate of, of debt consisting mm-hmm. in decrees against us, which uh, uh, was hostile to us, uh, and he's taken it out of the way and nailed it to the cross. When he disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public display, display of them, having triumphed over them through him, therefore let no one act as y'all's judge. So he's warning them. Uh, see to it that no one takes you captive by empty philosophy or empty deceit mm-hmm. uh, in verse 8. Mm-hmm. Let no one act as your judge in uh, verse uh, 16. Uh, verse 16. Um, no one delude you with persuasive argument, verse 4. This whole section is about warning uh, these people, uh, these, these Gentile believers, not to be persuaded by the party of the circumcision. So don't let... let uh, no one act as your judge. Verse 18, let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement, right? And so, mm-hmm. so in between there is verse 17. So back to verse 16. Let, therefore, let no one act as your judge in regard to food or drink or with respect to festivals or moon, new moon or Sabbath day. Sabbath day, that's very clearly yes. <clears throat> Uh Which are a mere shadow of things to come. Again, back to Hebrews language. Whoever wrote Hebrews is hanging out with Paul mm-hmm, quite mm-hmm. a bit, all the same language. Uh, but the 
the the the the substance that belongs to Christ. Let no one keep defrauding you of your prize by delighting in self-abasement, by the worship of angels, by the taking his stand on what he's seen, inflated um, without cause by a fleshly mind, uh, and not holding fast to the head. Of course, the head is Christ, Uh from whom the whole body, and the body is the church, Uh is being supplied and held together by the joints and ligaments, grows with a part, uh, uh, grows with a growth which is from God. If you have died with Christ to the elementary principles of the world, why is it um, uh, why is it as if you were living to the world? You submit yourself to decrees like "don't handle, don't taste, don't touch." Uh, why, if if you've been believed in Christ, been raised, circumcised uh, with the circumcision not made with hands, but circumcision of the heart. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? these commandments? Why are you trying to keep the law, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in accordance with the commandments and teachings of men. These are matters which, to be sure, have the appearance of wisdom and self-made religion and self-abasement abasement and, and the severe treatment of the body, but are of no value against fleshly indulgence. Uh, they don't deliver. They don't mm-hmm. save. They don't sanctify. They don't make clean. What are you doing? Yeah. Right? Uh, and so... So chapter two, uh, much stronger. Uh, there's, there's really, um, in Ephesians, Paul says, you know, don't walk as the Gentiles walk. That's really the, mm-hmm. uh, the warning. But here in, uh, in his letter to the, to Colossae, um, he's warning against the Jewish, uh, the, the, the Judaizers, those who would mm-hmm. come behind mm-hmm. and, and teach them to, to keep the law. Um, when we read this today, it's so unfamiliar to us because no one's coming around trying to get us to follow keep the, the law, law. Yeah. right? And right. so, uh, and so, it's hard to figure out what what's going on here. If you know the the backstory, if you know the Book of Acts, mm-hmm. if you know what Paul's been dealing with over and over and over, uh, then this warning makes perfect sense. The the Jews, uh, and and we, we run into this in in Romans, in Colossians, in Galatians, uh, not so much in Ephesians, certainly in Philippians. Uh, all throughout Paul's letters, the antagonists are the Jews. Um, the there are Jewish believers who believed in Christ. Uh, we get this in Acts chapter fifteen. Uh, the Pharisees who had believed were trying to get the Gentiles to be circumcised and keep the law. The disciples meet in uh, in Acts chapter fifteen and conclude uh, rightly that the law doesn't save. All the law does is condemn. The law. Paul talks about this in Galatians chapter three was a tutor to lead Israel to Christ, and they rejected uh, they rejected the Christ, mm-hmm. and so the gospel's gone to the Gentiles to make them jealous to move them to anger. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're if if you can bring law keeping and Christ believing all together and kind of mix it all together, then it's not offensive to the Jews, um, uh, and. Uh, the Gentiles can enter into the synagogue, and then mm-hmm. the Jews can win them over. Mm-hmm. Paul says, "No, no, uh, we're keeping this separate. Uh, that you you are in both groups are in one body." Here's the great irony: the Jews and the Gentiles are in one body, um, but the Gentiles don't become Jews to get into that body. Mm-hmm. That's how it was in the Old Testament. Right. That's not how it is anymore because mm-hmm. it's a uh, a body whose head is Christ, uh, the 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 Church of 
Christ. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's a very important distinction. It's very important that we understand this as present-day readers, even though it doesn't have a whole lot of practical application for us today in the 21st century. We're, we're not dealing with Judaizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are peop- dealing with people who want to, you know, do rule-keeping. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, so we, we kind of replace uh, the, the well, Jews with, with, you know, don't we create our own law? Legalism, legalism yeah. So it yeah. becomes legalism. Yeah. I go, well, yeah. To follow. That, that's that's really spiritual. not the same thing. Um, there are still rules, <laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so we don't eliminate. Yeah. So we don't eliminate the character. rules, but but the question is, how is one justified before God? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Jew would say, you're justified before God because you're a Jew. You're circumcised. Mm-hmm. Uh, be circumcised, keep the law, and you too will be justified before God. To which Paul says, absolutely not. Right, that you are justified by right. grace through faith, um, and so if if by the rule keeping legalism we think that's how we're justified, then that's the same type of error. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly, it's not the is same. That, is it, is it not the same that we're just elevating ourselves? In both cases, it, it, I mean, Jews elevate themselves, no outward question. appearance, acts, what we can do, yeah. what we can do, and, and and really just kind of covering our depravity. Yeah, our sinful nature. Yeah, well, um, I justify myself. Yes, right. Um, mm-hmm. Through fill in the blank. Right, um, right. Uh, that's what the Gentiles did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's what uh, you know. The sin that Paul talks about mm-hmm. in uh, in Romans. Uh, it's the sin of self justification of being your own god of exchanging the glory of God for mm-hmm. uh, the, the 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 image of man and animal and justifying mm-hmm. yourself. So so it's all the same sin. Um, but it's not the same circumstance mm-hmm. that that we deal with today. So, so, uh, so chapter two, I think, is pretty straightforward. Uh, Colossians. There's not a lot of memory verses that people have in Colossians, right? <laughs> uh, there's some theology verses in chapter mm-hmm. one, but uh, most people don't have many memory verses, if any, uh, in in Colossians. Maybe they memorized it for their systematic theology class in seminary. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he is the uh, image of the invisible God, you know that type of thing in mm-hmm. one fifteen and sixteen, but uh, but other than that, uh, and the reason why is because it's just a a letter where antagonists are Jews, and it's mm-hmm. not not familiar to us. So, mm-hmm. so chapter two uh, is a warning against uh, uh, against the antagonists, against the Judaizers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so pretty, next, cl- pretty yeah. clear language there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And mm-hmm. and Paul's warning them. Um, and, and this warning is going to uh, going to continue all the way through chapter three, where he's going to tell them to to uh, put on the new man, and we'll talk about mm-hmm. what that new man okay. is. Well, David, thank you very much. Uh, great chapter to walk through, but as as always, I'm looking forward to seeing how this ties continues ties yeah. together with the following chapters, and, and uh, I just. Personally, uh, I really like this switch, and therefore, in chapter three, it's encouraging to me. Absolutely, and so I'm always going, "Oh, great! Okay, how how do I fit in this and what God is doing through His Word and revealing Himself, and so us as the the body of Christ?" So, thank you for today. Look forward to continuing the discussion. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. Our desire is to use the power of God's Word to change lives. For more information download our app. Join us next week for another episode of Teach Me the Bible.